This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2016. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. People, it happens in different societies, maybe in different social standings, you know, whether you're well, I don't think it applies as much in Britain as it used to years ago, middle class, upper class, lower class. But in other parts of the world, there still is that caste system, I think, of India, Pakistan, and other places in the world. And it's more about where you're born rather than what you can do or what talents you have. But there seems to be an identity crisis. The people are looking to see where do I fit in And if they feel different, they sometimes go to the other extreme to really fit in with the in crowd as such. You know, at school, you know, we were all different. Some of us were quieter, some of us were louder. Some of us dressed to the best that we could do. Some of us just got the hand-me-downs. And maybe that was you. And maybe in a way it made you feel as though you stood out. You weren't part of this particular crowd. That there was an identity crisis. But you think, I need to fit in. I think just about young people, and sometimes in older people as well, you know. I remember being in Belfast one day, and I looked along the front of the city hall there a number of years ago, and it used to be a big sort of, goth um, movement as such. And everyone dressed in black, and it was all black makeup, and it was all dark colors. And it was frightening looking. But you've seen all these young people wanting to be individuals, but all looking the same. And you can identify with that, because we've all wanted to fit in, and we've all wanted to be part of something. But I want to bring that to the church tonight. Because sometimes I think within the church, and especially in these days, we have an identity crisis. Where do I fit in? Do I fit in? Where is my place within the church? Is God really there with me? Is God really there for me? We can do it and we can look at around us. And I, I'm being honest enough that, you know, when, you, when you're a younger preacher, you tend to look around at, at, at different preachers. And sometimes you can get caught up in the style. You know, they raise their voice, you raise their voice. They laugh a certain way, you laugh a certain way. And you know what I'm talking about because you've seen it. And sometimes it takes you a while to find your place. And maybe you're experiencing that within the church. What is my place within the church? Maybe you're in the middle of an identity crisis and you're trying to find your place within the kingdom of God. Yes, you're born again, but you're thinking, I got to look a certain way. I got to be a certain way. And maybe that's what's on your mind tonight. But I want to encourage us tonight. And that's why I got us to turn to Psalm 119 and verse 73. Verse 73 of Psalm 119 says, Your hands have made and fashioned me. 
Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. And especially the first line there, your hands have made and fashioned me. You know, I remember talking to a, a gentleman a lot of years back. He's dead now. And it was, when we were in business, he was one of our customers. And we were talking to him about God. And he had a view that God created the universe. And then he just left it to work its own way out. And I thought that was sad. Because God, this verse tells us that God is very much involved in his creation. And he is very much involved in your life and in my life. He's not out there somewhere. He hasn't just created this and threw it all out and just says, let's see what happens. God is involved in the church's life. God is involved in your life. God is involved in my life. That gives us identity. We belong to God. If you are born again of God tonight, you belong to God. And he is very much involved in your life. And he has purposes and he has plans for you. This verse tells us that God is deeply involved, very involved. It says, your hands have made and fashioned me. Not just hands have fashioned me, but your hands have fashioned me. Your hands have fashioned me. God just didn't speak us into existence. God got hands on with us. His hands are upon your life and his hands are upon my life. We think about creation. And God said when he created all things, he says, all things is, are good. But then when he got to the end of the day six and he'd created man, he says it was very good. Even there, God had a special plan and a special interest in the creation of man himself. Now, we look at creation, and I love watching nature programs, and sometimes it's just wonderful to see what God has done. God has created the heavens and the earth. We look at the mountain ranges. We look at the big valleys. We look at the great rivers. We look at the great forests. We just have to look around us, and we see the wonders of God's creation. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Science, a lot of areas of science today tells us we just came out of nowhere. But this verse tells us that it is God who has made us with his very hands. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Our identity comes from God. And he is very involved in our lives. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. You were created by God. You were created for his glory. And you were created for his honor. Creation speaks of the glory of God. All we got to do is look up. But it says your hands. Your hands. God is deeply involved. Not any hands, but the hands of God himself. 
Sometimes we need to take a step back and actually think about what the word has actually said there. The psalmist here has, is addressing God and says, your hands have made and fashioned me. Your hands. God is a hands-on God. And God has plans and purposes. It amazes me, and well, maybe it shouldn't amaze me because there's times when we want our own thing and we want to go our own way. And many times we're trying to squirm out of those hands. You know, Jeremiah talks about the potter and the clay and he gets on the wheel, on the potter's wheel and he starts to mold it and make it. And it's painful at times and it hurts at times. But God is trying to create something beautiful out of our lives. And there's times we're trying to squirm away from it because we don't want those hands involved in our lives. But listen, it's his hands upon our lives. And as we surrender to the work of those hands, God will make our lives beautiful. And God will give us the identity that he has called us to be. We don't have to be like the world. We have to be like God who is intended for our lives. That's a wonderful thing that his hands are upon our lives. His hands are curing. You've experienced curing hands. In times in your life, you've maybe been going through things and you've experienced the curing hands of God. You've encouraged, you've, you've had the loving hands of God. You have the merciful hands of God. You have the purposeful hands of God. You have the comforting hands of God. You have the protective hands of God. God doesn't put heavy burdens upon us. His burden is light and his yoke is easy. That's the hands that are upon our lives tonight. That is the hands that have created us, that have made and fashioned us. God's hands are upon our lives in every single area. Where you are tonight, whether it's a, a mountaintop experience or a valley experience, God's hands are upon your life. And they're good hands. And they're great hands. And they're comforting hands. And they're loving hands. That may not be what you're feeling, but this is what the Word of God tells us. His hands are upon our lives. And that encourages us in the midst of where we are. It says he has made and fashioned. Made and fashioned. His hands have made and fashioned. The word made there in the Greek talks about it in its widest sense. That God has made all things. The heavens, the earth, things onto the earth. He has made us individually has made our parts. Psalm 139, we know very well. Just let me read a few verses there. Verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my own formed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when I, as yet there was none of them. God has made a wonderful thing in you. 
You don't need to find your identity in the world. You don't need to find your identity in fitting in to a particular class or a particular group of people. Our identity comes from God himself. He has made us. He has formed us. You know, we think of the awe of, of what God has done biologically. We think of the baby, and, and some, some have had baby, or you know, some are about to have babies, and some have had babies recently. And we always wonder, and the, the amazement of a baby in the womb. What a wonderful thing. And biologically, if we think of it just in that way, it's just a, it's a wonder of what can happen. We think of the universe. We watched with the youth recently. Um, you've maybe seen it. Uh, Louis Giglio um, talks about the universe and what God has done. And it brought it back to me again when he said, people wonder, why is the universe there? Surely there's people on other planets. And if you think it from it in a scientific way, in a non-Christian way, you can think that way. But I love what he said. He says, the Bible tells us that the universe was made for God's glory and to show God's glory. When you measure it against God, it shouts the glory of God. And you and I are part of that, to shout the glory of God. That is our identity, the glory, to show the glory of God. And sometimes we take it for granted we look around us and we think, well, I'm driving down the street, there's a field, there's a mountain, there's a hill. Sometimes we need to take a step back and take in what God has done. And sometimes we need to take a step back and look at our own lives of what God has done in our lives. It is a wonderful thing that God has made. You know, when we read Psalm 139 there, it shows us that God has purpose for our lives. He didn't just throw it out there. He has purpose for it. God didn't just go, well, we'll give that there out, and that'll do them, and that'll do them, and that'll do Rachel, and that'll do Becky. Pastor's saying about two different natures. That's not by accident. God has purpose in designing that. You know, God doesn't have a production line. What these verses tell us, it's not, well, I've got a thousand hearts over here and I've got a thousand lungs over here and I've got a thousand livers over here and we'll just put that, I'll put that there, we'll put that there, we'll put that there. No, God's hands are involved intricately in every one of our lives. In our natural body, it's suited to us. All creation is made and it's made for his purpose. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. You show God's handiwork in a physical sense, in a human sense, we're showing God's handiwork. But it goes deeper than that because that chief goal of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. But he just didn't make us this verse tells us that he fashioned us. He made and fashioned. I think fashioned is a different word from made. We're fashioned to say something and we're fashioned to do something. 
What does Acts 1 8 say? But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Mark 16, the Great Commission go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're fashioned to say something, and we're fashioned to do something. We're not just made and left to our own devices. We've been given a purpose, we've been given an identity. And we're there to talk of the glory of God. Sometimes what happens, we get so far, and then we say to God, God, I thank you for what you've done in my life, but I'll take it from here. But that's not what God has created us for. We're created to do something for him and created to do something, to say something about him. We can't say to the Lord, I'll take it from here. If you're born again tonight, you have a purpose. And it's not your purpose. Your identity is to do what he calls us to do. We can't take it from here. Because do you know where that leads? To trouble. And for you that have been there, and myself, we've been in places where we've tried to do it ourselves. Do you know where it leads? To trouble. And it leads to the place where we got to say, I have messed up. Don't say to God, I'll take it from here. There is no higher purpose in our lives as Christians than to give God glory and to glorify his name. You and I are fashioned to say something and we are fashioned to do something. And that is to show the glory of God. But it just doesn't say fashioned. What did he do? He fashioned me. He fashioned me. It's individual. And just like it says there, where God is involved in the inner workings, in our biological bodies, in our human bodies, but he is so much more in the personal sense where he has fashioned us for his purpose. You and I have are total individuals. Seven billion people on the planet, thereabouts. We all have different fingerprints. We all have different DNA. We all physically look different. There's no two people the same. I know they talk about, well, there isn't twins, but they're not specifically the same. There is differences. Seven billion people, all different. And God has created them all. But in, even in this church tonight, God has fashioned you for a purpose. This church was fashioned by God. You can say, oh, well, Pastor David set it up so many years ago. But God put it in his heart. God has fashioned this church. But he has fashioned you as individuals within this church to show his glory and to show his honor. Why are we in Mora to preach the gospel to Mora? Why are you in this church to preach the gospel to Mora in this church? God has fashioned me. You're not a production line. God has fashioned you individually. I think of the tailor. You went, I don't, well, maybe, maybe some of you have had clothes made for you. I just went and buy them off the peg. So it is. 
But there's some little char in there, you know, so he's very fashionably turned out. <laughs> but maybe you have had times when you've had something specifically made for you. Um, some of you probably are into both this at the Great British Sewing Bee. And it is it's interesting to watch sometimes and the certain cuts and certain certain patterns and I'm running out of language because I know nothing about fashion. So I do. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but the tailor looks at the body. He looks at the cut. He takes into account the height. He takes into account the weight. He takes into account the lines that will flow and look well. And he tucks a bit in here, or he lets a bit out there, depending. But he looks at all of the lines, and it's made specifically for the person who has come in and asked for it. It may be a new suit. It may be a wedding dress. It may be whatever. But he has been asked to make it specifically for the person. And God has made you and I specifically for a purpose. You and I have been made specifically by God. He has cut us out to do a specific job. Now, as the church, we function as the church. But within the church, there's different bodies, there's different, there's, there's pastors, there's elders, there's leaders, there's deacons, there's the congregation. Within the things that are done in the church, there's people have different strengths and either lead or, or, or they help out. And all of us, God has specifically called us to do these things. And you are perfectly designed to do it. You know, there's nothing worse when you're called to do something and you try and squeeze yourself into a different thing altogether. You know, take Ken, for example. Hannah's his daughter, comes up and sings up here and can sing. Now, you can ask Ken where she gets it from. It must definitely her mother. So it is. But imagine Ken trying to squeeze himself into Hannah's place and saying, Hannah, I want to be a singer. God has called me to be praise and worship. It's pretty obvious. Sorry, Ken, for insulting you. <laughs> but he can take it. I know he can take it. But it's, it's imagine that. It's stupid. It's silly. Imagine someone coming in here, Jason coming in, he's got his new tailored suit and the legs are a foot and a half long and he's coming in here, he's like a clown, he's like got flippers on his feet. Could you imagine that? We would all start laughing and think that's stupid. Because Ken has a place specifically ordained of God to serve. Jason has a place to serve. Rachel has a place to serve. Cheryl has a place to serve. And you have a place to serve. And you were created specifically for it. And that's the danger, I think, sometimes within the church where we try and squeeze ourselves into places or be like people. We see their five talents and we try to give ourselves five talents. But we're only a one-talent person. That doesn't mean we're any less of a person because we have to do what God has called us to do. You are perfectly fitted for it. 
And it's even worse when you're perfectly fitted for it and you run from it. Don't run from what God has perfectly fitted you for. Moses tried to give excuses for what he was specifically cut out for. We think of Gideon, you mighty man of valor, and he balked at it. But he was cut out for it because God had specifically made him for it. We think of Joshua leading the children of Israel into the land, into the promised land, and conquering all of their enemies. He was specifically cut out to do it. We think of the judges. Israel would backslide, and God would then call, give them judges to bring them back. They were specifically called out to do it. The Bible says time and time again, and God raised them up. You and I are raised up. We have been fashioned by God to do something for him. And it is specifically for us to do. Let's not run from what God has called us to do. God's hands have made and fashioned me. Martin Newell. I can't be Gary Gregg. I can't be Jason Dick. I can't be anyone else but Martin Newell but I have to find my identity in him and be Martin Newell. There's nothing worse than Martin Newell trying to be Clifford Bloomfield. You know what I'm saying. But why do we try to do it? Because we're looking for identity. When you are exactly who God has made you to be. Don't get caught up in another person's identity. Don't get caught up in thinking, I gotta be this, I gotta be that. I gotta be able to do this, and I gotta be able to do that. If you're where God has called you to be, then you're perfectly fitted for it. And that doesn't mean you don't hone your skills, and you train yourself, and you learn, and you focus. But you are perfectly fitted. Like a perfectly fitted suit, you're fitted for the job that has called, God has called you to do. It's not too big for you, and it's not too small for you. It is just perfect. It's like Goldilocks. Bed too big, bed too small, but this one is just perfect. The job God has called you to do, do you know what? You are perfect for it because God has fashioned you. I've seen, and I've done it myself, you struggle at times. And you think, I need to be a certain type of person or I need to be this. No, I just need to be what God has called me to be. I just need to give it all to God and say, God, you will lead me and guide me. And you will strengthen me and you will give me the talents and you will give me what I, I need at the right time. In due time, God will give what he, has done, what he has called you to be. He will give you the talents for it. God is hands-on. He loves us with an everlasting love. He has us on his wheel. And he's squeezing with his hands and making us. God is the author and creator of my life and your life. His hands are involved. And he's fashioning you and me.
Listen, maybe tonight, and I want to be more pointed with this, maybe tonight, maybe you are looking for an identity, but you're ignoring what God has called you to be, and you're ignoring who you are. Don't. Because you can't be me and I can't be you. If God wanted two Martin Newells, he would have made two of them. If God wanted two Gary Greggs, he would have made two Gary Greggs. Liz would be happy with that, Gary, wouldn't you? <laughs> he doesn't need two. He needs one. And you are perfectly fitted for it. Your hands have made and fashioned me. He has made you and fashioned you for purpose with something to say and something to do that will bring glory and honor to him. Don't be looking for an identity tonight. You are who you are because God has made you who you are. That's where you find your identity in him. I said this scripture this morning, in him we live and move and have our being. It's a wonderful thing. Our God is wonderful. And what he has created is wonderful. And we need to take that on board. And we need to move forward in Christ and do what he's called us to do. And wherever that leads, that's the best place for you and I to be. We may panic at times. We may think, God, I don't know if I can do that. But God... Not my will, but your will be done. You have an identity tonight, and that identity is in Christ. Don't be looking around for it. God spoke to the people of Israel, and he says, consecrate yourselves. What did he mean? Set yourself apart. You're meant to look different. You're meant to be look different than the person beside you. Because God has called you to be different because he wants something to do with you and do in you. His hands have made and fashioned me. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for everyone in this building tonight. Lord, for every individual in this church, every member of this church tonight, Lord God. And I want to thank you that you have made them different, Lord God. That you have made them individually, Lord God. And that, Lord, that their identity is in you. Lord, they don't need to run about and be part of a club. They don't need to dress a certain way, look a certain way. Because, Lord, you have made them perfect. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. And Lord, I want to thank you that you have a purpose for them and that you have a plan for them. And that, Lord, as we surrender to you, as we draw close to you, you will bring us into that perfect plan. And, Lord, that your name would be glorified and your name will be honored. Lord, I pray that you would speak to your people tonight, that, Lord, in their hearts and in their minds, that, Lord, that they would stop comparing themselves and they would be who you have called them to be. Lord, we give you praise, we give you glory for who you are. 
You're a wonderful God. You care about us. And Lord, you're always with us and you never leave us nor forsake us. So we bless you tonight. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.